0: This is just closed for them, so the little ones can not escape. Normally they don't survive with all the cats and animals at night. So the big ones can leave, get out, and the small ones not. Amores. See the eggs. Eggs. So far. Okay, this This was for animals. uh? The the real house is over there. I'm just explaining really like this because people come here and they don't know where up and down is anymore. And so actually you need a map. That's Luca. Once he told me that he wants, wants to leave me this house and the animals. He told me kind of officially, you know, that I'm the one he was looking for. ...to go on with all this. And we went for lunch and I, I said, thank you for this gift. He said, no, no, this is not a gift, this is a challenge. <laughs> and he's <all> right, <laughs> Especially for me, that I need order and structure... And, ...and certain control over things. But I also became so much stronger, you know, mentally... ...to be able to deal with all this here. No, no, I started the moment he died... A life, you know, a life of a person, but also rooms full of clothes, full of this, also everything. Just stop doing anything, you know, and so the land was full of battles and and it's indescribable. Uh Basically, the day we met, when he bought that piece of mine and I brought it here, I said, like, listen, uh, my house is not a normal space, and, and just be be prepared. It was winter, and the living room was full of straw on the floor, everywhere, in every room, the kitchen, everywhere, the bathroom, full of chickens. There was a donkey inside, and cats, 16 cats, and fireplace, and mess <laughs> outside, inside. And I've never seen such an amazing place, such a beautiful place. This was the best trip ever. So I walked around and I was, wow. I took my camera out and just couldn't stop running around the house. And then he was observing me and he said, okay, you're the one. I said, what are you talking about? And then he said, like, no, no, nothing, I'm going to tell you in a few days. You're the one. And then a few days after he told me, that's like, yeah, I want you to leave the house. And then I was a bit like, pfft, I don't know, it was mixed feelings. I mean, I just met him, of course there was a connection, but obviously an old guy telling you, we're going to leave you your house. I was like, mm. I don't know, I didn't know what to think of that, actually. I didn't take it that serious that we became friends. He was just incredible on the things he said. I was like, are you aware of the things you say, you know? this should be a book, you're a philosopher, and it's incredible, and then he, and more and more came out of him, of course. It looked like an Indian bazaar um, at the end with all lights on, plastic flowers. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy good stuff. The spiders. He didn't want to clean the roof. In years. I told him once, come on. He said, like, they yeah, also have a right to have a home. I'll show you this one later. That's what he's been building with his own hands after he went to Egypt. That's like a temple. That's why I'm going to live this summer. Rolf Bixel. I think he called himself the undescribable. You know, it's true. You can't really describe him. He was a rebel. He came from quite a poor family. He was a very good photographer and successful from the very beginning on. But he said, like, he, he bought himself immediately a Bentley walking around with broken jeans, you know. He had a dog with just three legs. He said, like, you always have to get sure to have uh, a look, you know, that people remember you. <laughs> so imagine him with broken jeans, uh, Bentley with l- 3 leg dog. <gasps> Being extremely good-looking, charming. Yeah, I think from small on, he always did things differently. He was, yeah, a little rebel, a successful rebel. But what was he? He was a a hypersensitive person, actually. And people maybe misunderstood him. Well, you always have to explain yourself. Being misunderstood is, is something really dangerous. If people help you to understand yourself, you can save a lot of time could take a lifetime. I, I, I started to understand myself the, uh, two years ago. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? I don't know. Sandra de Keller. I'm definitely a person that, that is constantly changing and rediscovering myself. I'm astonished about people that I've met when I was 18 and they're still the same character and they're still with the same opinion and strong and they were already with 18 the way they are. I have the feeling I'm like, there's no evolution happening and I'm not there yet somehow, no? I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever, but it's, it's, it's definitely a journey. I feel identified with people here on the island because there's one thing I think we all have a bit in common is that we are people that somehow don't belong anywhere. You can take it in a good way or bad way. Not having those roots like certain people have. I am from that country. I am from here. Somehow lost also in a good way. Not belonging anywhere. Not, you know. So who am I? That's a good question. (laughs) Having no roots. Having a background of father, Swiss American, mother, Spanish Austrian. Growing up in Austria, Switzerland, Spain, I don't know, I don't feel identified like with a nationality, with a country, not at all, I don't know that feeling, I couldn't, I'm a tourist everywhere, and I love that feeling, one day, I don't know if you can know who you, who you are. Those are Japanese cucumbers, they're the best ones, crunchy Long and thin. He was famous for the best broccoli on the island, apparently. The land is really like long and then he goes like an elf from up to the mountain. And it's like So all, all this, I, I, I don't even know what is in the back because you can't go through. We actually need like, like 30 goats. There was a bar where they used to have parties. This was a blue pool. All the top models here. <laughs> this is like the chicken tree. This is where I sleep. This house is a bit fantasy. Everything grows really, really fast and big. I knew from stories that he was, in the 60s, the most wanted or one of the best fashion photographers in Switzerland working a lot in, in Germany and in Switzerland. Then he came here in the 70s with his wife for a shooting, and I fell in love with Ibiza. <laughs> We're talking about your daddy, Hmm i talking about your daddy, Amore. Eh? I love this boy. I love this boy. I think he was a bit exhausted of pretending and to act and to be there in exhibitions or evenings and, uh, of course, in the models and this and that. Yeah, he wanted to make a change in his life, basically. came here, fell in love, gave up everything in Switzerland Bought with the money he had the house. Didn't have much left, I guess. And then starting to rent out rooms and living from that, you know. He just wanted to absolutely, totally change his life, you know. Living in the countryside uh, and growing his own food away from all this um, society living alone connected to nature you know he always loved animals I think that's also something that cured him getting chickens and he really isolated himself then for a long period and I think what I've because I've I found a lot of letters he's been married three times not longer than one year all of the three marriages (laughs) And um, no wife uh, 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 survived here, you know. I found letters where I write, like, you can't expect it. I, I live the way you want to live, like, not seeing anyone, just being here. It's, it's paradise, but paradise can become hell, you know. I need social contact, I can't. So he was kind of expecting maybe the wives to live the way he lived. He loved to build huts and little houses as a kid, you know. So he started to work with cement, Extending the house. He's been building quite a lot himself. Every stone he's been lifting up here. So that was his life. Making this house bigger, to be able to rent out rooms, to be able to to live. His life followed him here, and I think, don't think he really minded that all the top models came here to visit him, to be honest. (laughs) In the 70s, all these pictures of these beautiful naked girls lying in the pool, him walking around naked. Yeah, this period. And it was kind of an in-place, apparently, to stay. Then from one moment to the other, you just got fed up because it was only problems. Summer rentals are problems. People on holidays like to complain a lot because they want perfection, no? So him having a um, strong character, it, it ended up bad, you know, at the end. At the end, he said, like, okay, basta, I stopped this. I saved enough money to survive now. I'm going to live, like, you know, I'm just going to take all the bads out, like, <laughs> no one can stay here. One thing is to make it uh, unlivable for others, you know, and on the other hand, just as his final project to, to observe nature and, and to live with nature, which was what gave him peace at the end from the beginning on, was not this fashion world, is to live with the animals, to observe the plants, and also to think, what is perfection? Is it to cut a tree to for us to look beautiful and perfect, or is actually the contrary, you know? was wrong all his life and I, I just got diagnosed and And, had, and he suffered. Uh, there was a big part and I found letters and we had conversations. He suffered quite quite a lot also in life by not understanding why certain things were so different for him or, or stressing him, which has a lot to do with hypersensibility. Noises, you know? Being also... A perfectionist. It quite helps to know when you have a, a little disorder. It doesn't have to be big, you know, it's not a big deal. It just really helps to know what you have because then you can, can work on it. I was always confused. I mean, like, it's, it's not that I suffered all the time, but I just didn't understand what was sometimes wrong with me and what, why I was exhausted about certain, certain situations. I don't think I've met the love of my life yet, and I don't even really looking for it, to be honest. Without my creative mind, I would be lost anyway, but I'm not really looking for it. But I definitely didn't find it or didn't have it. But what I have with Rolf is I've, I've, I've met my soulmate, and was, that's, that's, that's incredibly special. That's even so much more than a partner of your life. It's a feeling that you're sitting next to each other, you can actually not talk. You, you understand. You understand without words. Maybe because we both... Felt a little bit misunderstood in certain ways. Well, basically starting off both being Asperger's. Yeah, we kind of had the same fears, the same joys, it was, uh, very similar. So he didn't need to explain himself. I don't know, he was very natural. We had natural fights. We fight quite a lot. He made me so angry like no one else. Sometimes I screamed at me, not him. He just... He <laughs> He was just shocked because normally he was the one, you know, that people were scared of. (laughs) But I felt very natural with him. Extremely myself, both of us. So I think, I I guess that's soulmate. Well, before I actually didn't really know, I mean, my version was just uh, that he abandoned the place to, to live in peace, that it was just that. But then... One time he said a sentence, so it made me think, like, okay, one time when the floor was full of uh, uh, donkey shit and uh, whatever, and I said, like, should I clean it up? And then he said, what do you actually think? It is much easier to pick something up than to leave it there, you know? And I said, like, okay, this is kind of a therapy for him, you know? Because he's thinking about picking it up, but he, that's it's there when I see the picture of how the house looked like and also how he described how he was as a host and how everything had to be perfect and clean and I know myself how I am with things that it can be tiring that it was his own therapy actually going from one extreme to the other that's why I can I understand him what he went through from that perfect house to this mess and everything because for me there are also only two ways you know I feel great in this place here. All this non-symmetric mess because I'm not living here yet. So now it's a challenge once I'm going to live here. How am going to manage to, to, you know? Well, Basically, I'm just going to have a room empty and then I can live with a mess around. Yeah, it says, of course, a lot. I'm thinking what my house is and about myself or my future right now. He died with 83... But until 80, he was actually totally perfect. Until 81, 82. Yeah, he was never complaining. This is yeah, incredible. As an old person, he was never like, oh, my God, I'm alone, or, or this or that. He was such a cowboy, like in those movies, you know, like until the end. He was also not never asking, oh, come by, I'm alone. If I can if I to visit him, it's okay, and if not, not. But not playing that that old people role, you know. I'm scared, or no, not at all. Such a man. He really accepted life, you know, when it comes to the end, you know, not not scared about it somehow. He was never scared of dying. Never scared of dying. He was actually, at that moment, he wanted to die. When he died and I started to empty and go through all his stuff, I discovered boxes of, wow, beautiful slides. And he never showed me that. And this was incredible. This is actually the biggest, the biggest treasure of, of this whole story are his images. And, and I wonder why he never spoke or showed me. Or, and then I thought, like, what would happen if I would die now and people would find my pictures? My plan is really to bring him back to his name in the photography world. I definitely want to go around the world and make exhibitions. And a beautiful book. This is why I owe him to make a beautiful book out of his work. He wanted to get away in general from people. You know, in general. This has nothing to do with here or there or Ibiza. He just found here somehow the sign that he had to move here. He just wanted to live alone in general, get away from people. It is possible. That's why I live here in Ibiza. I need a lot of time on my own. And in Ibiza, people leave me alone, you know. I think to be happy here, you need to be able, first of all, to be alone.